Right. Welcome to another day. And one of my favorite subjects. We just finished the chapter on attitude and having a great attitude or whatever it takes attitude. But now we're going on to a subject that I really love. And that's uh, something that Jim Collins in his book, A Good to Great, talks about. Level five leadership. We say, well, what is this level five leadership? Well, first, let me tell you where the name level five leadership came from. You see, they had to get a, a name that was marketable. And level five leadership was more marketable than what it really is. Because when they initially named this, level five leadership did not work for people. So, what is level five leadership? In its real sense, it is servant leadership. So, level five leadership, servant leadership, serving people. And I like to talk about this subject because this is one of my greatest uh, accomplishments. Uh, everything I've done has always been in that manner. Whenever I led, and I can remember my last team, it was a small team. But my thought was that take care of your team and your team will take care of you. That's really what leadership is, helping your team to grow. When I was in the Navy Reserves, a friend of mine was having trouble with his second in charge. And I was working in Miami and he was here in Jacksonville. And he said, hey, I need help. And I said, okay, I'll come help you. And it was all about serving the Navy through the reserves, putting in enough hours and getting everyone out there doing the job, not sitting behind desks or in classrooms, just learning and lecturing. We were actually out there doing the job and then making sure that these people got the experience and the education they needed so that we produced anyone who was at a point where they could be advanced. We made sure they got advanced to the point where we had one person uh, who we served, and he uh, he became a he got selected for senior uh, enlist uh, senior enlisted position, and then we got one who converted and became an officer who got selected for the officer candidate program. So it was all about helping them become the best them that they could be, the best people that they could be. It was all about serving leadership, and that's one of the greatest feelings. I talked uh, uh, not too long ago about my friend uh, at the uh, corporation that I had um, had helped out and how, um, you know, the greatest feeling in the world was to watch him be advanced after me and a friend of mine worked for almost a year to convince my old boss to advance this guy. And then, you know, the story I tell about, he calls me one day, I'm on my way into work after we've been frustrated trying to get this guy advanced. And then my boss says, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of advancing so-and-so? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you ever been there? You've been trying to convince someone of something, and they act like it's their idea. They call you and say, hey, what do you think of doing this? And you're like, you got to be kidding me. In your mind, you're saying to yourself, you got to be kidding me. I've been preaching this for the last six months, year, two years, and all of a sudden, you out of the blue, you say, 
you thought of it as a good idea and I've been preaching it forever. <laughs> yeah, so so the, the the idea is take care of your team, your team will take care of you. Shield them from the negative forces from above and protect them, give them the environment so that they can they, that it's okay sometimes to mess up as long as they fix it. You know, learn the lesson and move on and protect them from that negative. But at the same time, give them all the support. If they need something, fight for it. Get it for them. If it's going to make their job easier, help them out. That's servant leadership. Helping those who work with you. And not just not just um, from a um, from the job standpoint, because see, we're not we're not one. You're not one dimensional. Everyone has a family. Everyone has a home life. Everyone uh, has has a routine, and they eat, and they have problems, and they have challenges outside of the job. And it's our job to realize that and to be sensitive to that, because let's face it. If people's minds are somewhere else, they're not effective on the job. You're not effective when other things are bothering you. So that's why servant leadership is so important, that we need to be sensitive to other people's needs. Words are only 10% of communication. And and I've learned this because of uh, positions I've been in and, and really being around a lot of uh, women, because I think women have built a little different than us men and a lot of times we may miss it but i've learned after working with lots of women to really be sensitive to that and to 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 listen and observe those non-verbal communication cues and they're there if you are in charge and you see people every day you know when something's wrong when someone comes up to you or you say hello, and normally they, they say certain things or they do certain things, and all of a sudden it's not done. You don't blow it off and say, oh, well, I guess something happened and move on. No, it's critical because people are not one-sided. We're here to serve, not just in a, you know, it's not a sweat factory. We're not just producing widgets. We're, we're developing human beings. You're developing human beings. You're developing yourself. So it's important that you're aware of other people and their needs as well and be willing to step in and serve them any way you can. And when you serve them, it, it, it's, it's, it's ironic. When you serve them, they, they feel so dedicated to, to giving their all to help you achieve what you're trying to achieve. Servant leadership is such a great thing. And we're going to really get into that in this next chapter, talking about the heart of leadership. The heart of leadership is serving others. And when we do that well, it makes a tremendous difference. I talked about before, you know, I had the team and I had some extra work that had to be done on a Saturday. And I had to practically fight with the, the girl because I had poured so much into my employees that this girl wanted to come in and work. She didn't care. She got paid. But there was liability there. And I had administration down my back. And I had to fight with her to tell her not to come in because she wanted to come in 
just to help, not to leave me stranded. And what a great feeling that is when you've got employees like that that are dedicated and they're willing to help all because you were there when they needed you. You stepped in. You didn't, um, you know, blow it off and, and not think their problem's not important. Because if it's important to them, it's important to you. It's got to be. You're not going to get production anyways. But it's more important that you understand that these are people we're working with and they have lives and that we have a chance to develop their life, not only on the job, but also at home. That's why the conversations are so important sometimes in the office to find out what's going on in their life, to celebrate when they celebrate, to hurt when they hurt, and to give advice when they need it, and to help them and to give them the space they need and you need to work through things. So critical, servant leadership. Okay, let's see what kind of words we've got in here. There was just one, I just wanted to share one thing today out of here that talked about servant. It was a, a uh, servant leader, it talked about the servant leader, uh, and this thing was written by Greenleaf. Before I do that, I want to uh, go back one more time to Jim Collins' book, uh, Good to Great, here. In this book, Good to Great by Jim Collins, he talks about the level five leader. And what the level five leader is, is the servant leader. And it's kind of interesting because he talked about the irony of that. He said, the great irony is that the animus and personal ambition that often drive people to positions of power stand at odds with the humility required for level five leadership. When you contribute the irony with the fact that boards of directors frequently operate under the false belief, the false belief that they need to hire a larger-than-life egocentric leader to make an organization great, you can quickly see why level five leadership really appears at the top of institutions. That's why uh, out of all the Fortune 500 companies, I think they had less than 100 that met the, met the bill for level five leadership. 10 out of 11 good to great CEOs came from inside the company, three of them by family inheritance. The comparison companies turned to outsiders, six out of, okay, that's one more page. I just wanted to drop back one page to get this, this uh, statistic. Oh, maybe I can't find this. Just I thought it was right at the tip of my tongue. Oh, I think it's right here. Whoop, whoop. Let's see. I'll just give it one last page. Okay, I can't find it at the moment. But it was a great statistic talking about uh, that out of all the Fortune 500 companies, there was less than uh, 100 uh, that met the, met the bill for level five leadership. And I think a lot of that, uh, and I'll say what I said here uh, before, that that uh, the reason why uh, 11, yeah, I guess I think that's what it was. It said out of the uh, 
10 out of the 11 good to great CEOs. Right. Out of the five Fortune 500, only 10 companies and 10 out of the 11 great CEOs came from inside the company. And at this point, uh, since this is my Facebook Live, I can say what, what I honestly believe. The fact that they came from inside the company, 10 out of the 11 level five leaders out of the Fortune 500 companies, uh, is because I think that they were in that position. Can you imagine? You've probably been there where you've tried to tell those in charge what needed to be done and you it, it fell on deaf ears and you just saw the company continue, continue to falter and have problems because you knew the solution, but no one would listen. So then when these guys, these 10 out of the 11, got in that position, they knew the answers were in the people that they were serving in the company. And they listened to them because that, that's the knowledge. I mean, these people have been doing this stuff for years. They know what will work. And they listened to them. And as a result, and they serve them, and they serve the company as a result. That's why 10 of the 11 uh, CEOs that qualified for level five leadership came from inside the company because they had been in that position where they weren't listened to, and they know the ideas they had. So when they became in charge, they knew the ideas were within the people. What you've got to believe in people, have faith in them, build them up. And use their ideas. And with that, you serve them. They will serve you. Uh, well, to, they will serve you with greatest commitment because you listen to them. The greatest thing is to listen to someone else and to take their ideas and to use them. Because let's face it, I don't have all the answers. You don't have all the answers. And if we think that everyone else doesn't know anything, then we are more egotistic than we think we are because the answers are in the people. The answers are in you. So when you want to get ahead, don't be afraid to listen to those that you work with because they may have the solution that you need. I do that all the time. I, I, you know, I, my expertise is, you know, in, in, in software. But sometimes some of the processes and the knowledge behind those processes are within the other people. And, I, and, and I'm not afraid to tell them that I appreciate their input and take the input seriously. That's what servant leadership is about, being able to serve others. When you serve others, they feel obligated and committed to serve back it's kind of like that oh that reciprocity process you know give to others and they just feel obligated to give back to you and it's, it's in a good way so we need to be servant leaders and as you do that because we're talking about building ourselves up that gives you the confidence one of the things I was talking about today with someone was the fact that we just need to be thankful with gratitude. Well, I, I think it was yesterday's lesson because a lot of times we're working hard to get things done and we get frustrated, but we have to think back. What we're trying to accomplish are great things. 
And a lot of people don't aren't even doing that. They're they're still at those basic levels. So when we get frustrated, we have to think back and, and be grateful for what we have and what we're trying to do, because what we're trying to do is great. It's not just the basics anymore. So when we are in our frustration, it's because we want to create better things. But at the same time, we've got to realize we've got so much that we've been given already. So we don't, we should not falter and get frustrated and quit. We never want to quit because it's too important what we're trying to accomplish. And once we have that frame of mind, then we can live with the stresses that we have to, the positive stresses of trying to get things better. And the, the uh, failures that occur with that, we can learn the great lessons and then re uh, learn those lessons and re-enter and try again stronger than we were the first time. It's been great. And if you have something that you want to contribute, I'd love to hear the stories about how you were able to build someone else up or be that servant leader for others. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. That's my lesson tonight. I always enjoy engaging with you, and I always look forward to hearing from you. I don't hear a lot from you all, but I wish that you would share with me so I can feel your struggles as well and know that I'm encouraging you in just a little bit. That'd be great. Thanks. Have a good evening. Till tomorrow.